Hello, welcome to the Milk Road podcast, and we're so pleased to have Dr. Tom Lewis with us today. Tom is one of the first people I met when I moved to Tasmania, and he was in Bernie doing some work that uh, is called uh, Cluster Effect, I believe. And um, Tom is originally from Wynyard, has a PhD from University of Tasmania. And if you're in the Tasmanian food innovation space, then you certainly either know Tom or know of his work. I know that he was foundational uh, when it came to creating Fermentaz and also for some of the microwave technology work that's been done and, and, uh, and happening here in Tasmania. And I understand that he's always on the cutting edge of what's next when it comes to food innovation. Uh, and as well as his work with the Allergen Bureau and, and other organizations like that. So Tom, thanks so much for coming on, uh, having a chat. And, um, you know, when it comes to fermentation, uh, tell us what's brewing in your gut today? What's burning in your gut? Ha, what a good question. What a good question. Pleasure to be here. Um, burning in my gut, is, and this has been building over some years, it's just an, it's an awareness of the, the potential we're losing by people not being able to work together in a really useful and collaborative way. Um, we talk about collaboration a lot, but collaboration is hard. And I think a lot of people um, don't collaborate because they haven't been given and provided with the, I'm gonna say the safe space in which to explore proper collaboration. Yeah, look, I completely agree with that. I was thinking about that on the drive here. Right, because collaborating in public spaces that are shared is really hard. Like if you have your own space, right? Like, you know, your house or your living room, like you can do whatever you want. Yep. Right? Yep. But once you start inviting people into shared spaces, then it gets confusing because there's different cultural understanding about what people can do. Yep. Is that what you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, different cultural understanding, different different um different appetite for for risk and you know to collaborate you have to take risk mm -hmm. um, you have to be open you have to share um, so many people think they have you know this special piece of intellectual property which most likely isn't right if they talk to more people I know that feeling yeah, yeah. and yeah. you know I my understanding is that we could you know there's a lot more that can be done and could be done and value added to existing um, you know, production chains, value chains, um, through better structured but better managed collaboration. Yeah. All right. People share food, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Like if people don't share food, then, you know, where are we going to go? Mm. And you work in the food industry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, and we've got this um, 2050 goal, I think, of the agriculture industry being worth 10 billion by then. Mm -hmm. In Tasmania. In Tasmania alone, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. So if people are not collaborating and sharing different new ideas, different new ways, do you think we're going to get there? I think we'll really struggle. Look, it's it's a stretch target as is, and the government has has acknowledged that. Uh -huh. um, it's I, great to have a stretch goal. Oh, ab not, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah, it's a stretch target. And mm. but at the moment, I'm not too sure if there's any data about showing how we're going towards that. Because again, I haven't got the figures off the top of my head. But I think we we yeah, right. are you know, meant to do yeah, three yeah. three percent you know um, cumulative growth. 
between mm-hmm. now and 2050 to annual annual growth to um, to get there, and that's you know it, that's a lot. Right. So you're originally from Wynyard. Mm. You grew up in Wynyard. Yep. Yeah. And uh, so you know the Northwest I where do. I live, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and you came to Hobart, I think, to collaborate, like with UTAS and to learn and and do all this stuff here. Yeah. Look, yeah. I I came down, you know, to, from from school to I did my degree in Hobart, um, and then I have worked in various. Areas in Tasmania, um, a, a lot in the aquaculture industry. I worked at you know, Oyster Hatchery in Bishno for a few years. I worked in Australia's first abalone production facility in Swansea for a few years. Oh, no, I didn't know. Yeah, I worked um, as a as a researcher for the for the salmon industry in its early years, um, and then I I went back. Was and, that when the Japanese started it? Because I heard a Japanese group began the salmon industry um i don't it was tesso yeah i don't actually recall it being a japanese company Uh, the guy from state growth joe gaten i think his name is at uh in burning the other day i went to state growth uh uh, event and joe was saying i think it was like mitsui's was the one that started Tassel way back when. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. so Tassel, I, I don't know mm-hmm. um, how, where that started. I worked with a company called Soltes, Salmon Enterprises of Tasmania, and that was set up originally um, as a joint venture between the, the state government um, and private industry um, to underpin the development of you know, basically smolt production, you know, baby salmon production for a start, uh-huh. and then to, um, you know, do the research or help with the research work to understand how we get, we can actually grow um, salmon in Tasmania. So it was, a, it was a, you know, a public-private venture, if you like. Mm. So when I first moved to Tasmania, I learned about this program a long time ago called Tasmania Together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which you probably were on the early edges of. I was aware of it. Yes, I wasn't part of it, but I was aware of it. Right. And you're uh, you're a big believer in the cluster model. Yep. Yeah. Industry clusters, I think, are a a very good thing. And then on the last um, on the podcast recently with Kim uh, Seagram and Chris DeBono, Kim was talking about uh, the exponential growth opportunities that can exist when different industry clusters uh, find ways to collaborate because you get things that people didn't expect to happen. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, look, and that's, you know, you're, you're obviously touching on, on, on the area of my, my great interest. Um, yeah. is Have you, can you give an example of one that's happened in Tasmania like that before? An industry cluster? Uh, where you've had exponential growth come out of, um, um, yeah, and then there's two, a couple of industry working together as a cluster. Yeah, look, right. um, it's probably not talked about, and I'm not too sure. You know, it'll be maybe a bit controversial at the moment, but I'll say that the, the <laughs> salmon industry was. You know, and I'm, I'm only thinking about that now. You asked the question, but the salmon industry in those very early days yeah. was an was a, a a great example, I think, of an industry cluster because the 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 general or the basic theory around properly managed run or industry clusters is it's what people call a triple helix of industry and government and research working together to solve a problem or a series of problems industry government research and research working together and 
the yeah, three. Yeah, so that's the triple helix. Okay, um, right, yeah, these right. days, we're now talking very much of, and Kim Seagram mentioned this, you know, the quadruple helix, bringing community in. And uh, you know, it should have always been there. Yeah, um, right. But the research around clusters identified the triple helix. But now, you know, and now we're saying, okay, this is really important. But, you know, and of course, community has to be in there as well. But there's got to be you know, true collaboration amongst that helix, um, people willing to work, willing to compromise, willing to change their minds when, well, when, when they're giving you evidence. Just do something different. Yeah, and to do something different. And that's why I say collaboration is hard because we're, yeah. we're, you know, people are not good at that. Um, my, my stock phrase for this is Australians are shithouse at this. <laughs> why? Why do you think, why do you, why do you think, uh, if that's true, if that's true, if that's true, why do you think it's, why do you think it's that way? Um, like what makes it, uh, because people say the Dutch are excellent at collaborating. Yeah. And from and my experience, the, the Danes are as well. I think in Europe, um, oh, there's why, a lot more why collaboration. They, why, why is that culture so much better at doing it? Do you know? Look, I, I don't know, but my my personal theory is mm-hmm. it's about in Australia. You know, we are we're a big country and we haven't got a large population, and people can go off and do their own thing. Oh, easy to spread out. It's easy to spread out. Which we did, which people did in Tasmania and the Northwest. Yeah. Like, yeah, I want independence. I don't want to deal with anybody else i'll go and live at cradle mountain yeah like Mm. we do Mm. exactly (laughs) yeah right yeah so that's that's my that's my you know one reason why it could be that we aren't good collaboration just one independent yeah Yeah. we we haven't needed to collaborate and why would i collaborate with someone because i don't know them and i don't need to need i agree with that logic right like if somebody doesn't need to do something why do it like especially when it gets hard yeah especially when it gets hard i mean just quit yeah or just 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 withdraw and and do your own thing um you know the one of the underlying um factors for you know where industry clusters really work is when there's you know you can call it many things but the burning deck you know there's Mm -hmm. a there's a problem there's a problem coming up now and we have if, if we don't do something about this we're all going to suffer Totally agreed. So I personally speculate that climate change might be the thing that creates that burning deck. Well, we've got a burning world, so right. yes. So, uh, you know, I uh, I was I was listening to somebody talk yesterday, and the guy said something along the lines of, um, like, behind the climate change problem is something hiding that's bigger. And as I speculate that the food system on which we depend every day, and we only have like a short period of, uh, of, uh, of supplies, is pretty much at risk to, to like a climate event. Mm. Like whether mm. humans are causing it or not, anthropomorphic change. I mean, I'm not going to speculate on that. I mean, I don't know. But if there is like a, a climate big jump, then our, I think the thing that's most at risk is like our food. Does oh, that sound wrong? Our food, our the ecosystems that support life, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah or the life that, that like, humans like need. Like where we live, mm. right, uh, is one thing. Mm. Like our house, right, mm. uh, and that that uh, you know that ocean out there could rise right away, mm. and then we have like a a place to live problem, right? But our food system, uh, if somebody bumps that hard, then 
like we have a problem like tomorrow. Yeah. 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 Do you think is there? I mean, is there anything else that's going to drive, uh, you know, that that the need for collaboration? Look, partly, you know, you talk because if people don't agree on the the burning issue, mm. then there is no burning issue right. if they don't agree on it. Yeah, you just get divisiveness mm. Right? Mm. and tribes like, again, as we yeah, talked exactly, about. Tribal, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah. Um, you know, you you said you know, there's probably a bigger. A, a, a larger thing, you know, hiding behind climate change, mm. um, like a like a real problem. Yeah, and pe some people are never going to believe that it's even happening no. or that it is a problem. Mm. But if like our food system gets bumped, yeah, which we kind of experienced during COVID, mm. right? Because that bumped our food system. Yeah, remember like, and what trying seeing... to get to Woolies and mm. and those poor hardworking people. Right. Yeah. It was like exactly. the medical industry going, well, we're going to feed you and we're going to come in and take the risk of work. Mm. Yeah. You know, the, the, the big thing behind that and we'll get, you know, which will lead us on to food is, mm. is population. Growth. Yeah. You know, um, I went to a, um, a, a talk by a fellow, you might remember his name, David Suzuki. It was about years ago, yeah. uh, uh, one of the early environmental science type um, speakers. And he, he made the comment about there's only two two things, I'm paraphrasing, but there's only two two groups in the world that think exponential or continual growth is a good thing. Uh, and the first is cancer cells and the second is economists. Now, that's a bit tongue-in-cheek and a bit rude, but, you know, we, we, we cannot keep growing. Um, and if we keep growing... Oh, you mean as a population? As a population, eight, eight yeah. Billion. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and feeding people is going to be a big problem and at the moment you know the statistics indicate that you know something like 30 to 40 percent of the food that is produced on the farm um, is not eaten okay so this goes to your um something that you're very passionate about mm -hmm. food the difference between food loss which is before the farm gate in that order yes yeah, mm -hmm. and then food waste uh post, post, post farm gate yeah and you're more uh, 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 focused and passionate about solving the problem of food loss before it gets to the farm gate. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. How how do we how do we make use of you know this huge amount of food that is grown that doesn't actually effectively leave the farm? Right. Because yeah. people outside the farm gate are hungry, and some people would be willing to eat that food. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Or there's nothing particularly right. wrong with it apart from it may it may not look pretty right so why are you focused why are you so passionate about that as a problem oh look i don't know i just am really? okay <laughs> yeah, you know right. yeah. why, why does anyone do anything it's just something that um maybe do you see it like as a big commercial opportunity oh, like look, is it like you know is it like a big number and you're thinking wow i could shrink that number and then yeah there's there's a commercial opportunity there Okay. Um, I, th I think. How do you think that plays out? Um, it plays out on in the way of people just becoming um, more aware of, of um, options for using primary produce. Right. So as an investor, right? Yeah. I mean, and I think in my in my uh, in my world, everyone's an investor, mm -hmm. and everyone's making bets. Yep. 
right? Oh, like, you know, you're betting that podcasting here with me is not a bad thing. Yeah, yeah. I'm betting <laughs> the coffee you made me is quite nice. And it, yeah, good. You know, good. That's Would you bit. like another? No, I'm fine. Right, Thank right. you. I'll get water in a minute. Yeah. But anyway, um, so I think, you know, if we look at, uh, you know, everybody's got choices to make and everybody's got to be like limited allocation of assets, mm-hmm. resources, and you're betting on, you know, allocating time and energy to, to solving that problem, which I, I understand is a big problem. Uh, how do you see people uh, getting that cluster effect around that work, right? And, and how, what have you been doing so far? What are you going to do next? Like, yeah. How does that go uh, and work its way into the economy where people are going, okay, yeah, I can actually um, convert a debit into a credit. Into a credit, yeah. yeah. Fair call. And um, my, again... A lot of this is gut feeling more than research that I've done, but my understanding is, you know, there's a lot of primary produce um, you know, grown, produced on farms that's not usefully making its way into the into the food supply chain. Mm-hmm. Um, there is the, you know, let's just talk carrots if I may. You know, there's a pretty sure. there's a pretty carrots that make it onto the shelf, yeah. the, the supermarket shelf, and mm-hmm. you know there is very tight specifications provided to farmers that you know we will only put a carrot that's x you know centimeters long and looks pretty on our shelf um and there's a lot of carrots that are grown that are just as good you know nutritionally sure etc yeah Yeah, quality wise no and they just they don't make it you know they're they don't make it to the supermarket shelf they're rejected and they're they can be plowed back in or they can be fed to stock Mm -hmm. um yeah i've heard it makes you know really good really good stock food that's fantastic. But I reckon there's a way uh, with collaboration, with people being you know, a bit more open with each other and get you know, provided that safe environment in which to explore these issues mm-hmm. um, to actually add value to, you know, so to, to those carrots mm-hmm. that are more value than plowing it back in or feeding it to stock. Yeah, like exponential yeah, value. But you cheaper. Should- than the expensive ones, so there's a there's a there's a resource that can be accessed um, reasonably. I once yeah at, at good value that can then be uh, you know valorized. Right. So do you see that as uh, I mean, extending that thinking a little bit? Do you see that as um, um, converting that carrot uh, into something more valuable, adding value to it? Do you see that through fermentation? Do you see it through other some other process, juicing and think right? But like juicing, is um, and converting it into jam. Those are kind of uh, uh, they don't add a huge amount mm. of value. Mm. And there's a lot of juice out there in the world. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Uh, do you see fermentation like with Kim's work with the um, uh, fermentation hub? And do you think that people will be finding different new ways to convert the carrot? all that food waste into something yep. different and new that we haven't thought of? You look, uh, and that we haven't thought of, I think, is the, is the key ingredient there. Um, yeah, the people who know me know, you know I, was, I was very closely involved with Fermentaz at the start, working with, with Kim. Um, and so, you know, I'm a great advocate of, of the fermentation Well, I think sector. you're part of it. Yeah. Right? Like, you know, and I think you're a player in that game, if you will, right? Yep. An investor looking for commercial opportunities that, uh, in a healthy way, are are worth your uh, your time and energy off of which to feed, mm. and you're looking kind of for a bet of a project and 
to work on with people because you know a lot of people. Every time I talk with you, you're like, the next thing you do is you're going to go talk to somebody in the fermentation industry because they yeah. did X or Y and, and, and you're looking for different things and, and the seaweed stuff. So, so you're, so, so you're looking for, for that in the industry or what? Uh... Yeah. And I, I think again, you know, if we look at looking at fermentation, you know, the discussion with, with Chris Bono and, and Kim in previous podcast, yeah. you know, they, they started talking out and I, I, after that, I just I made up my little phrase was you know it's not all beer and pickles, um, in the fermentation game. You know, there, for sure, there is so much now coming around. You know, precision fermentation, people understanding, um, understanding uh, more deeply what is what is happening and what can happen. You know, when we are fermenting things, and and when we're fermenting things, all we're doing is using a certain you know, microorganisms to transform um, sugars and carbohydrates and proteins. Okay, yeah. All right, so microorganisms to transform... Say it again? Sugars and carbohydrates and proteins. I mean, that's the basic... Right? Yeah, that's the, the basic stuff. So, so fermentation... Making it easy for, for a layperson to understand you know, like me, right? We talk about fermentation, but, you know, it's, you know people, people use, you know, cows to transform grass into milk and meat yeah you know, all, we're do, all we're doing is heading down the food chain a bit and and starting to understand and being able to manage right. microorganisms and yeah right the opportunities that are going to come from that are right. unknown at the moment you know there's there there's bio, that's my understanding yeah there's yeah. biomass being produced you know there's protein being produced um using you know especially bread uh fungi um yeah. They're you know using bacteria to produce high value um, you know pharmaceuticals or food ingredients from cheap feedstock. Mm-hmm. So it's not all about you know the the what and, and I Kim I, said that yeah she's she like, said that exactly she I'm said agreeing that, like, with you it. know with the yeah. um, she I mean she said like when I talk with um, people who don't get it. They just think that it's more pickles, jars mm. of pickles, mm. right? Like I heard that because I yeah. listened to uh, it on my drive here again, right? Um, and uh, yeah, they, I think people who are not focusing on fermentation as a as an ancient process being used in a different new way are missing the boat. Mm. Like, you know how story is like, everybody's like reinventing story and mm-hmm. tools, right? Like, story's yeah. been around, you know, since. So it's like, if we can reinvent the way that people use stories, why can't we, why wouldn't people believe that, uh, you know, using fermentation is a different new way to, to make food? Yeah, uh, look, exactly. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fermentation, is, as, as Kim said again, um, as, yeah. as we know, fermentation has been around since, you know, it, it, um, forever. And it, oh, it, yeah, it, it I, happened I did a little bit of research. Yeah. I mean, it's a long time. Oh, I look, think it's at, like 10,000 years. Well, longer. I think, you know, we, we've evolved with fermented things because it happens naturally. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's a re- and really fermentation up to now has been used as a form of food preservation. Well, I looked, I mean, I, look, I looked online, the dangerous thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I compared uh, fire invention of fire versus fermentation huh. i think fire was like sixty thousand years they were saying mm-hmm. and fermentation was like ten thousand mm-hmm. right which kind of talks about when people started to anyway 
Um, so yeah, it's it's been around, you know, when we were joking about it mm. in a in a really healthy way, um, using fermentation to convert food. Yeah, uh, initially it was preservation. Yeah. Because it produces acids, fermentation, you know, the bugs produce acids and it yeah. stops food going off, you know. Right. So, you know, pickles and sauerkraut and, you know, and beer and bread and well, you all that. Non- it, you're talking about some of that's the, no, the alcoholic. Oh, some's alcoholic and some's no, not. No, the yeah. alcoholic fermentation economy, mm. right? Mm. And, but I think you're really passionate. About the non. Like I am, about mm. the non-alcoholic mm. portion. It yeah. seems underground. Oh, and underappreciated. Underappreciated because, you know, as, as I was saying, you know, up until you know, now, whatever now means, you know, it's been <laughs> largely a, a preservation technique. Where we are going, where we, where, where the people who really know what they're doing are going is, is, yeah. is precision fermentation where they're, th- right. where they're producing stuff. It's not just preserving what exists. Yeah, but you're talking about preserving food. I'm talking about preserving health. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I know you mm. are too. We were mm. talking about that. Like just before mm. your hike. Mm. Remember when we were having coffee? Yeah, and you were like, you know, why are, why do so many people? And I know the science has not been um, uh, mapped out yet, so it's only probabilities mm-hmm. or possibilities. Possibilities. Maybe yeah. it's wrong, mm. right? But this idea of um, people eating fermented food may actually uh, increase. Uh, gut health mm-hmm. in a healthy way, mm-hmm. and that may actually feed into the whole body, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, sure, that may not be true for everyone, or but it seems like it doesn't hurt. Yeah, uh, look, my understanding, of, yes, it doesn't hurt. There's plenty of research to say that it, it does you good, uh, and it's not only about the actual bugs that are in the fermented product. It's about the transformation that has happened to that fermented product that then supports a healthy gut, a healthy system, yeah. a, a healthy Kim, you. Kim said it on that. She's like, after I eat kimchi, right? Mm-hmm. Like uh, Sue Glynn makes with kimchi me. Yeah. I know she's referring to that, right? Yeah. Or one of them. Is that um, she's like, I feel better. Mm. Right? Like, yeah. And I know that alcoholic fermentation makes me feel great sometimes, right? And, you know, less is more, mm-hmm. right? Um, and the whole generation of, of, of people coming along like my son's age, you know, in the mid-20s or whatever, they're drinking less, I mm, think. Good right? on them. Yeah. Mm. Right. Uh, so I, I tend to think that there's more growth opportunities in the non-fermentation oh. gut health yeah. area. Do you? Uh, that's certainly my feeling. Um, you know, is, a, that what you're ch- is that what you're searching for? Look, uh, <sighs> Yes. Is that where you're allocating more calories and, and energy to and energy. finding yeah. new business models in that? Yeah, yeah. That that produce that that can transform food that might be waste or low value streams at the moment right. in, into into more valuable, like more healthy foods. For yeah, example. Like seaweed. Like, exactly. Like you know, yeah. like seaweed offshore in Tasmania. There's that special mm. one they're saying that that that. Um, Reduces carbon. Uh, oh, methane, methane burps from cattle and sheep. Yeah, right. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Right. So, um, what can you? Because I, I really want to understand the story of the future. Mm-hmm. Right. Because there's no, we don't really have that much data about what's going to happen next. Mm. And what's going to happen next is is in people's heads, like you and Kim, and Chris Bono. Mm-hmm. Right. Like what what? So what are you seeing out there right now? Um, and what are you betting on 
spending your valuable time and energy reading about or researching about or people doing stuff that you're able to tell us and talk about like yeah. what do you what's what's interesting for you right now like uh, in, in commercially in that this sector in in the around fermentation you mean or around yeah, like yeah whatever carrot, you know, yeah yeah thing. yeah, like yeah. What you, or or other like mm. when mm. i lo- when i last saw you for coffee you said i'm going to go talk to so and so and we're going to who's doing this and Every time you're always going, to, I'm going to go meet this person who's doing X. Yeah, it's I, always pretty fascinating. I like drinking coffee with people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, it, it comes back to, in my mind, it comes back to the fact that we have a an increasing, ever increasing population. Yeah, needs to be fed. the The systems that we have developed to date to provide that food are under increasing environmental and space and input pressure and we need yeah we've got bigger ca- hunger and we've got limited resources yeah and so sure. we we need we need to to bridge that gap somehow and i've you know i am more interested the the longer i guess the longer that i've been in the game that i have been mm. um and i'm more and more in a privileged position now to be looking at what I do in this these terms but to be producing new forms of food not just to have something new on a supermarket shelf um, to make money I mean you have to you've got to make money you've got to it's got to be profitable but it's also got to this triple and quadruple helix thing Mm. right Mm. like it's got to Jump a couple hoops. Yeah, and add, yeah, yeah, produce more palatable, enjoyable food to feed the people who are turning up on this planet. Right. So, so what are you seeing in the industry these days that looks pretty interesting? Like, have you seen anything in carrots recently, or or other? Uh, like Chris mentioned on the podcast the other day that. He was keen to, I think he used the word substrate, and, mm-hmm. right? And then Kim also mentioned there were a couple of women uh, globally, maybe one of them in Australia, working with uh, Mother's Breast Milk and, and using fermentation to expand that, um, what you talked about, the sugar and protein microorganism kind of um, yep. yeah, production. Yep. Have you seen anything recently in Tasmania? What's, what's exciting in Tasmania? Um. I haven't really seen a lot in Tasmania because, again, I haven't been over the last you know six months or so. I haven't been in there in okay. there looking. Yeah. Um, my understanding of what's building around the world, though, is is you know, it, and it's going to be challenging because we we're getting you know people are understanding microorganisms better to produce things with microorganisms even you know naturally bred you know not i'm not talking about manipulated microorganisms just naturally bred but producing things that might ordinarily have come from a cow or mother's milk you know breast milk uh proteins uh other other things to eat and drink that are produced by microorganisms uh-huh. um, that we're used to you know getting some other way um, and there's you know we have to be really careful that we don't step over the line into the so-called franken foods uh, but there's some really exciting developments coming on I agree and I think I mean tell me what you think about that mm-hmm. I think that we do not have a competitive advantage 
in the technology of that. In Tasmania, what do you Correct. mean? Or yeah, like the the in terms of like engineering something like the Impossible Burger, mm. like that's a Silicon Valley thing, mm. right? Right, U.S. technology, Israeli technology. Yeah, I mean we're not strong in those areas at UTAS or or other areas in Tasmania. Mm. We're not technologists. No, but we, we, you know, I think we very easily could be. And if we're talking Tasmania now and yeah. the Tasmanian economy, yeah, you know, we we have that's all we're talking about. Yeah. We have the expertise in Tasmania or available to Tasmania to be doing. To be doing some yeah, of this I mean, work what here. What competitive advantage do we have beyond that? Right, because everybody's got that. Mm. We're just, I mean, people are, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, if it comes down to it, the com- competitive advantage in a lot of this stuff would be um, proximity to to the to the sink to to who wants it. Proximity to market. Oh, that's true. Mm. Yeah, shipping. Yeah, uh, distribution. Yeah. yeah, distribution. So a lot of you know. If, again, if we're going to be talking, we are talking around the fermentation world because that's I always come back to that. Right. Um, you know, a lot of this stuff is going to be grown in in big shiny tanks somewhere. Right, right, right. Um, oh, right. Yeah, that's you know, true. And too. it doesn't really matter. Right. Yeah, you know, because we're controlling the environment within the tank. True. It, it almost doesn't matter so much what the environment is on the outside. Where we where Tasmania, I think, has the advantage if we wish to take that. Number one, yeah, you know, the, we we do have the the provenance brand, and and that's that's less important for the actual production of food, but it still helps tell the story. I don't I don't agree with that. Like, uh, just repeat the the. Let me tell you why. Because, like, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and mm. that's where Andrew Carnegie uh, mined coal. Uh, and created steel and mm-hmm. then floated it down the river to Detroit where they manufactured cars. Mm-hmm. Like that was a, a supply demand chain yeah. at the B2B level, yeah. right? And so if we're going to move vegetables um, to Melbourne, raw vegetables are only worth moving so far, right? Mm-hmm. We've got like the some of the best in the world and we've also now got... Uh, the carbon-free energy, mm-hmm. methane-free, whatever yeah, you want to call it. That's renewable, right. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, and this is what we were talking about with Ken, right? And, and Chris, is um, value adding at the clean source using clean energy. Yeah, I agree. That's part of the brand, right? Mm, mm. But that's a genuine thing. Like, that's a massive competitive advantage. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. and that's where I was going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I agree. yeah. yeah. so yeah. I think yeah. we do agree. Right, yeah. Because yeah. if you're in California, and, and then go go to your point too, like, moving that stuff into a different time zone is totally different, mm. right? But what I don't see happening is the same thing you don't see happening, which is there's a lot of carrots stuck behind the farm gate. Mm. How's it going to work? To do this, yeah. Well, again, it needs it's, it needs many more brains that are that are, are sparking far more sharply than mine. What's but, holding it back? No, uh, okay, like, now, yeah. Now, now we get right, into yeah. my my favourite yeah, little this, world yeah. is is around collaboration. Right. Yeah. Um, you know, though, again, those who know me know I'm a I'm a great advocate advocate for the you know the industry cluster model 
Um, it, it, it works. There's so much research around it. it. It's a model whereby, given the appropriate support and, and, and basis and the right people involved, you get industry, has to be industry-led. But industry, government and academe working together around a specific problem. Well, that's how, I mean, that's how the salmon industry began. That's, yeah. Right, that's, like you, you were saying earlier. Yeah. Right. Um, and I don't probably even want to speculate on what problem that industry solved at the beginning, um, which is, you know, kind of the same one that we're all working on solving, which is, you know, how do we create, you know, healthy food with limited resources, mm. right? Mm. And, um, you know, we're seeing a lot of um, uh, conflict in the food industry now that that industry's gotten so large, yeah. right? Yeah. So maybe it's not a bad idea to be creating new, um, you know, if you will call it salmon two type of industries, not that they're in salmon fish even, but mm -hmm. like what's the next one? Because that's the one you want to bet on, mm. Mm. right? Mm. And again, coming back to your point where I think we, we were agreeing is that, you yeah. know, Tasmania has got that, that you know, clean power. Yeah. Um, you know, it's clean power, clean environment, producing world's best clean, um, you know, primary produce of all sorts. Using that as a basis for creating, you know, high value and to some extent low volume products. Yeah, it, low it, volume, high quality. Yeah, right? yeah. because um, so much... Um, of what you know, when when we export fresh stuff, we're exporting a hell of a lot of water, and water is heavy. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. you know, if we can if we can valorize that, you know, reduce the amount of water in stuff, but still have it being high value. Well, that goes to that carpet. mats project that you were working on, which yeah, I, yeah. I I mm. I can um, uh, make it easy because I understand there's probably some IP that you can't talk about in mm -hmm. public, right? Yeah. But that's that's what. Um, um, microwaving stuff does is it is it adds value at the source yeah the the, the mats project which is microwave assisted thermal sterilization yeah. um, a technology developed in the in the states and being looked at very seriously in in Tasmania and Australia now um, basically what that is it does is provide a, a technology that where when all the all the the, the, the basis are, are right you can end up with cooked food that is still high nutritional, high eating quality, and it is shelf-stable. Agreed. Like, that, um, that, that's my understanding, too. Mm. That, that Antarctic thing, right, where people are spending time in the Antarctic, mm -hmm. right? I mean, food does actually, I believe, contribute to mental health, too. Oh, Right, like, absolutely. if you're eating garbage food, I mean, what's more depressing mm. than that, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm. So all these aspects of of uh, of of Tasmania creating healthy food that improves people's physical and mental health seems like a pretty good idea. Yeah. What's holding it back from the way it is now compared to the way it should be? And maybe I you gotta you gotta tell me and other people what it should look like. Yeah, look, the promised land. Yeah, the promised land. Yeah, there are 
numbers of things, I would say, that are holding it back for me and for my area of, of great interest. It's it's about getting and providing the the whose job the is space. It? It's whose job is that? But to, to that, get that, yeah, that, to provide that space that to get cluster. people working together, that cluster. That, well, I think you're talking about the cluster. I, that, well, I am know? absolutely. Like, whose job is that? Yeah. Because I saw you do it. Mm. Right. I mm. went to that thing in Bernie a long time ago, and you had uh, what was the gentleman from? Uh, All right. Uh, E4, E4. E4. E4 came over, yep. right? Sponsored it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Whose job is it? Then um, COVID hit. Yeah. And then th- th- things changed and we stopped seeing people. Um, so. Yeah, that shrinks the, the cluster effect, it, right? It, well, in a way, but that also can help, you know, sort of warm the deck up. You get a, a burning deck a bit more and then people have to work together. Right. People realize what they're missing. What they're missing. Yeah. yeah. So there are, you know, in the traditional cluster theory, we have industry and government and academe uh-huh. working together and, you know, quadruple community. Whose job it is to make it happen, decide what happens, how it happens, is industry's job. Private sector. Private sector. Whose job it is to support it and provide the yeah we provide the resources to to basically employ cluster managers um support the the infrastructure for a, a cluster to work the communications etc i see that's largely government's job now government's government well, yeah. like launceston market mm-hmm. that kim described had cluster effects yeah hobart market on saturday morning Mm. that has that has cluster effects to it right yeah yeah and what can prevent that thing from happening is somebody some regulation in the government some government regulation saying you can't do that so i think in a way um is that government has a has a challenging job of not just supporting but actually not getting in the way or figuring out what exists in legislation or whatever that can unlock the journey forward. Does that sound wrong? No, it sounds right. And this is why we need that triple helix um, of people working together. But but before we go there... No, no, it's part of it. But I think that those people are asking, who are responsible for having installed those rules and regulations and laws, Mm. like... Why would I go to the effort of changing that thing if the economic value that you're going to create isn't that big? Because it's going to take a lot of energy for me to change that, right? Like this whole thing in in northern New, in New South Wales, I think they've got like mobile abattoirs, mm-hmm. right? Like where that can show up and they can butcher an animal, right? Mm-hmm. Like that's not happening here, right? Like mm. you know and and. Uh, and I can understand why, you know, the large avatars were like, look, we don't want those out there or whatever. But there are, there is a lot of regulation in the food industry. Yep. True? Yeah, true. For, and all for good reasons. All for like very food, good reasons. Food safety, food security. Animals. I think Kim even yeah. mentioned, like, she was, we were laughing about it. She goes, you can't sell the chapstick at the lawn system market that was created from cluster effect because it's not a food. Mm. Mm. That's that's their that's their rule. Good. That's fine. Yeah. So I think these rules 
the you know the and there are so many i think it must be pretty challenging for people in government to understand um like that's their that's their part of the game mm, right mm, that's part of their game yeah, exactly sorry to drone on no no that, I, but, no i'm with you that i think for me as a business person especially coming from originally outside australia and tasmania it's pretty confusing yeah and you know i it's chicken and egg but i would i would argue that i the if there was a an appropriate food you know industry cluster existing where we you you had the connections and trust between private sector government academe where people were working together that's where those discussions are most valuably valuable and and that's where they can be held agreed bill lark did it in the whiskey industry yeah like brand tasmania mm. uh todd babiak over there mm -hmm. he tells he told the story about how that law mm. existed mm. you were not allowed to ferment yeah well you had to, you could only you could do it but only in a small fermenter right yeah yeah and right. so yeah and then, or still sorry right. just still not yeah fermenter. so i imagine that that he must somehow one way or the other convinced people to change yeah, he, he basically convinced the, the then local member, federal member, Duncan Kerr, I think his name was. Uh -huh. um, and and um, yeah, and that, that federal member um, took it as a project to get that law changed. Right. So that's not so much as leading, but more like removing yeah, barriers. Yeah, but that's, uh, to me, it's all part of being involved in the cluster, in the discussions and being open. This is where I, where I talk about collaboration again, which mm -hmm. means being open being um, open to new ideas and being and, and government especially being open to um, not, being asked to put in some underpinning money to help support the infrastructure of a cluster but then being asked just to be part of the discussion and not expect to, to run it and make the rules yeah that I that I agree that makes sense like the whole idea of um, like I Grants make me nervous because of the the economics there. I'd much rather see like a government agency come in and say, "I'll be your customer." Mm. Mm. Like I went to a, a an export thing the other day, and we we're talking about food exports to Japan and the United States, and I was happy to be there. Right, mm. and then we turn around and have lunch there, and it didn't seem like, and I could be wrong because I didn't eat, but it didn't seem like there was a lot of local produce mm -hmm. on that table. So we're talking about how we're exporting great food, but then in terms of what's in that room being consumed, I think is like, why isn't the government doing a little bit more in terms of, of, of government contracts? So the government putting skin in the game, I think is what you're talking about. Mm, mm. Yeah. Putting skin in the game, but not taking their traditionally expected role of, okay, we, we put skin in the game, therefore we will call the shots. Yeah, agreed. I mean, mm. and that's a really tough call for them because you know there needs to be, uh, you know, they're spending public money. They need to be able to justify that, and so often, you know, the the the, the risk aversion, which is natural and and appropriate for you know government you know agencies, is to call the shots and control. But wouldn't it be lower risk for them to actually be like, look, we're we're not in control of this. We're going to allocate risk capital into it but like we're not uh responsible for it mm. like we'll we 
you know, like, I just think if you take, if you act as a leader on a journey, mm. then you got a lot of responsibility. Mm. But if you say, actually, I'd rather not lead, why don't you lead? Then you actually abdicate responsibility. Mm. Is that mm. wrong? Um, look, it, no, it, I understand what you're saying. Um, I'm also suggesting that it's, that's a difficult, difficult argument for government to put to people you know, to taxpayers, if you like. You know, we thought that was a good idea. We gave them money and we stood back. So we, we're not asking just for that. But there is, there is so much research and, you know, and people that I know, you know, in, in Denmark, I think there are something like 200 industry clusters. Um, you know, Europe gets it. And, so, and you define an industry cluster as? Uh, or a, a, formal, a formal thing like Ferment Tasmania. Okay. Um, a formal cluster like the Food and Agribusiness Network on the Sunshine Coast oh, yeah. that has been set up and has been supported. You know, 200 food... clusters. Yeah. How many are there in Tasmania now? Oh, maybe two or three. Uh, yeah, formally. So I, I really has, don't. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. Which of... actually, I mean, is semi functional. It's not yet. Yeah, it's, right it's, it's on that not, ramp. It's on that ramp. To no. Knock it. I'm just saying, like, yeah. It's on that ramp. Right. Yeah. But what would be another one? Oh. I look, the whiskey and the yeah. whiskey stuff. Yeah, again, there's a there's a difference between an industry cluster and a peak industry body, and they they yeah. are different things. Right. Um, so, what would be an example? Like, we can. I mean, I'm, I'm on the board of Startup Tasmania, which yeah. you know wants to be an industry peak industry body, mm. right? Mm. So we know what those are. Mm. So, what's another example of a cluster in Tasmania? Um, Without knowing the detail, embarrassingly, but I'd say it's it, yeah. and in my world, it's it, it's around agri food. So is you know, it like an economic cluster? You call it? Well, there's economic clusters. You know, I would say that you know um, the Farmers and Grazers Association that they are not a cluster, but they're part of it because they the, yeah, but they, they're just a peak body. Yeah, but they also work with government, and they have done and and with but re- every peak body does and research. But if it's if it's run. In that way, it's a form of cluster. But I, I, I think what I'm doing is prevaricating because I can't, I don't know okay. other, other actual so formal maybe, clusters. Maybe what you're, what I'm hearing is that we're missing. Oh, I think we are a lot yes. of cluster mm. models mm. I, that yeah. are working in other economies that are pulling them forward. Yeah, yeah. Like there's... Denmark, you said, has two hundred. Yeah. Yeah. Do they use them in Holland? I, I I'll say yes. I don't. Yeah. No. I, I I know the 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 world um, um, body for clusters, if you like, is called the Competitiveness. I have trouble saying that Institute. Oh. Uh, it's it's based in Denmark. Right. Um, and well, actually, sorry, no. It, its chair is now in Denmark. It was. It's now the head office is in Spain. But um, I I visited. Denmark a few years ago, so therefore I know a bit more about you, Denmark than other places. Did you do that on your work with Fermentaz? Yeah, you were checking out that. Yep, stuff, yep, yeah, right? we, yeah. We we got a we got a grant from the uh, International Specialised Skills Institute, uh-huh. um, in, little, little group based in Melbourne, and uh, a few of us and you know UTAS put in some money, and three of us did different different loops around. Uh, Europe and and the states, picking up information on clusters. The the research. Uh, is there and it's and it's clear that industries companies that are private sector that is involved in formal well-structured industry clusters has a, a higher re- basically return on investment higher profitability than those 
um, companies that are not. Uh, and the, the evidence is also clear that uh, clusters really only work when they are industry-led. But that being said, it's you know, like all things in this world, uh, in this part of this, this sector, if you like, uh, it is very, very difficult for uh, an industry cluster to raise directly from industry the money it needs to run effectively. And therefore, I say that there is a role for government to be underpinning, well, sure, underpinning that yeah, with, exactly. with money just to yeah. keep, keep the cluster together. Well, yeah, I mean, that makes sense because the, um, uh, the cluster is, is, is operating uh, on public controlled things. Mm. And, it, Land, and it, rules, regulation... Yep. All right. And if that stakeholder is ignoring that cluster and actually does not have any skin in the game, mm. then, the, the then as a work. cluster participant, I'm nervous. Mm. Mm. And then if that cluster participant says, if I'm going to put skin in the game, I'm going to ante up like a poker game. And in exchange for that, I need to run it. Now I get nervous too, mm. because the person that should be running it should be the one that's taking more risk than the risk averse players. Mm. Is that wrong? Yeah, no, I I agree. Um, you can't see me on a podcast, but I was nodding <laughs> vehemently when you were saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah so yeah. I think it's this. The, so some of the confusion I think is about like if we look at the cluster structure as a game. Mm. We use game theory, mm -hmm. right? Just because somebody's putting in X doesn't mean they should lead it. Yeah, correct. Right? Like maybe, and this is where I think people are misvaluing uh, and overvaluing money. Yes. Right? Because if you're putting in your reputation, mm -hmm. I mean, that people say that's priceless. Yeah. You yeah. can't value that. Yeah. Well, for an industry, right? for, for a company, absolutely. Right? But like if I put in like $10,000 or $50,000, right, which I wouldn't want to do, but like let's say you have a lot of money, right? Like money is like almost, you can just throw it away. You can walk away mm. and you don't risk your reputation. Mm. Mm. But I think that the puzzling part is you've got the government saying we're going to put money and now we've got like a reputation to protect. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's a, I mean, it's a puzzle. I'm yeah, confused I, and sorry if it's, if I'm confusing you more, but I think it's, uh, I'm confused by it. I, I'm trying to understand how it's going to work to create maybe not just one of these things, but more. Mm -hmm. Any idea how they did it in Denmark? Um, no. Uh, they, they... Like what was a cultural shift? I mean, that, Denmark, that Danish lady just came over, right? No, she was Finnish. Yes. The Finnish lady yeah. just came over and was like, hey... You know, yeah. Like, yeah. Um, look, my understanding there is just you know there there it's a there's a Denmark's a small country. Yeah. Um, they understood that they needed to be competitive. You know, otherwise they could just be overwhelmed by all these other. Oh, right. You if know, they were not doing something different. If they weren't doing something different, um, and you know it, it's probably it's a cultural thing. You know, maybe they they you know it's a small country. They they understood. Maybe they're more natural collaborators. I don't know what it is, but that is certainly a shining light. 
Yeah, I agree. I think you know, I, I, and I'll go sideways as well. Goes back to well. need, though. Yeah, it goes back to need. Canada, um, just a few years ago, um, set up. I'm going to say five. The, the federal government decided it was going to fund five super clusters. They, they, the, the government understood the, 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 the economic return, social return, even environmental return that can come from. You know, properly run clusters because it helps build. It's it's a it's a economic model. It's a economic development model. Yeah. The, the the Canadian government a few years ago put up a billion dollars, nearly a billion dollars, to fund five superclusters. They have one supercluster there that I know of. It's just called the protein supercluster. How, how's when did they do that? Oh, I'm going to say five years ago. How's it working? It go, well, they've just refunded a lot of them. They've, okay, but they've, like, what do you know of any like you know I they I, built X or Y? Oh, look, or I, I, I don't know that I don't know the numbers, mm-hmm. um, but the numbers are there sufficient for the government to say that's that's really good. We'll keep funding. Right. Mm. But this comes down to this whole thing too. Of um, like, I was attending an event the other day that was uh, grant funded, and it's like if something isn't becoming self-funding right then then how does how long can it go especially as government changes Mm. right and Mm. people you know are like well we're going to stop funding this and stop you know like grants are are there's politics involved yep there is um an example again in the in the food game um and has been i i've forgotten what the initial i think it might have been I've forgotten what the initial term was. It was a it was a structure set up under um, you know the the previous Labor government uh-huh. um, that was rebranded but kept by the the, the federal government. I'm talking about uh, kept by the the Liberal government. It was the Industry Growth Centres mm. um, and you know Food Innovation Australia Limited Fial is one that um, I have worked fairly closely with and Fial were that the 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 body that put up. Uh, money to fund um, and help help underpin and start three, four, and now more industry clusters in the in the food game, and that's where Ferment has got its its first big start because Fial saw value in what we were doing, yeah, um, and said, okay, uh, you know, after after, you know putting in you know, fairly detailed proposals, they said, yes, okay, we'll, we'll underpin you for, for three years yeah. uh, for, a, for a good chunk of money, as long as we, we match, you know, only money that we could match. Right. Um, but so, 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 so that, that, that's an example of um, a, a structure, the industry growth centres that have been showing pretty good value um, and worthy of ongoing government support through successive government, through successive parties, yeah. um, because they it, need tax revenue to justify those. Absolutely, rates, right? yeah, yeah. You know, if there's no economic um, uh, tax-paying companies coming out of these things, mm. then the grant uh, process is likely to shrink. Absolutely, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, you know, not great, but. It's kind of how the system works. Yeah, right? but and so often, you know, grants are given um, with the the ex well, you know, the, the the expectation, the demand that you know we'll give you three years worth of money and then you you will be self funding after that. Um, 
I don't think that works in, in many why? cases because for, for many of these programs that are set up, mm. um, the, 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 the economics are actually for that centre, that cluster, if you like, to be totally self-funding after, you know, in a certain you know, amount of time. Um, is not there, and and, oh, and, sure. and, and and this reflects around the world. Yeah. You know, but like saying, make that public road self-funding. Yeah, exactly. Right. I mean, mm. like we can make it partially private. Mm. I think Macquarie has that business model. They call them public-private partnership. Private. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. But um, so with the fermentation hub in te- in Launceston, mm-hmm. right, and then we're obviously two hours south of that in Hobart. Yeah, and that's going to be a physical building. That's going to be fit. now. Yeah, and right. I'm happy to talk about it, but remember that I'm not part of it now, so I don't know. No argument. Yeah, that much which I think is even maybe better, mm-hmm. right? Because you're a potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm certainly an advocate. Yeah, but like, if you're not getting utility from this thing, mm-hmm. right? Then I, th- I think that that's not good. So. F- and, and if I look at Bernie, right, mm-hmm. which is, I think, it's got to be an hour and 45. I would say ex- two. Yeah. And then extended out to Smithton, mm-hmm. right? Right? Yeah. Which is another hour and 45. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how's it going to work for people in these in these other jurisdictions, which are physically distant mm-hmm. from there and I know that lawn system is an excellent you know hub yeah and that it's in the middle of the highway system right yeah I mean how are you thinking from Hobart to engage with the physical business activity there are you thinking digital online I'm gonna zoom in oh uh, we're gonna start one down here like what do you what's the future look like you know as this becomes a big hub for mm, Tasmania. Mm. So for me, being external to the you know to ferment house now as a as a potential user of the hub. Yeah, like Chris yeah. Debono. Oh, okay. It's not yeah. you know he's just like you are, right? Yeah. There's two ways. Um, I see it as as a place that um, I'll say product development R and D can right. happen. Well, I think that's pretty much the. Big focus. Yeah, of, yeah. Right? And, Come in and here and experiment. That's it. Other, yeah, and maybe even people. use the facility for you know, your first smaller scale commercial production to actually test the market yeah. as well. Right. Um, and to me, that's the that's where you know, hubs like this work. That because yeah, you know, if if I wanted to to set up a uh, a, a company an enterprise making something fermented um, to do that properly. I would have to spend an awful lot of money on shiny stainless steel yeah, and, like and expensive control. Yeah, it's like you're starting a new restaurant. Oh. Like you're like, you know, yeah. 150, 200 just kind of yeah. gets to you started. Just to open the door. Yeah, mortgage exactly. your house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, to bet on an idea. That's, yeah. If you yeah. don't have to take that kind of risk. That's it. Which most people didn't, wouldn't want mm. to do. Yeah, so this, this to yeah. me, these ideas it to me... It shrinks the risk. Yeah, it shrinks the risk. But L- this is lowers a two-hour. If you're an entrepreneur, are you... you physically have to move there are you in the car a lot what do you think oh, or you, you're you're in the car a lot but i would imagine you you'd have you know there, there would be somewhere someone either in that hub or someone that i know who could go to that hub that would do that work yeah you know do the research work and this is where you know again good collaboration with universities come in 
because right. you know UTAS wants uh, my understanding is that UTAS wants you know their Launceston campus to be have a have a food focus which is part of where all this you know these discussions have been going on for years but you know there will be researchers um, you know a food product development food safety research folk based in Launceston at UTAS who mm. could nip over to the hub and, and do do work there that's true yeah, that's, so that's you know, true, it's yeah. it's a it's a specialized and you, you know laboratory. The university is growing its uh, incubator programs now and things like that. Mm. Yeah, mm. right. Mm. Yeah, that's that's a, that's a good uh, that, that's a good point to raise. Mm. I guess so so I don't I don't now. need to be there. Yeah, you know, I, I might have an idea uh, right. and and the and the means and the uh, and the network to help support that idea grow. But you know, there are other people who are better place to actually you know, do the do the physical work mm -hmm. so back to the problem of um, of farm loss mm -hmm. of food loss mm -hmm. behind the farm gate you mentioned carrots yeah right? yeah that was just an, yeah, an, just an easy an, example, an right? easy example what, yeah. are there others that that you have in mind I mean um, right like because the food system needs to change mm -hmm. like people are trying to politically change and you know Change is not easy. No. Right. What other um, what what other areas are you focused on changing in terms of adding value with your extensive skill set? Where I am at the moment with the work I'm doing, um, I'm I'm not so much focused on uh, you know, a specific product or primary primary product um, mm. or opportunity for myself to start a business or do something. I enjoy, I seem to be quite good at what I call simply helping people work together. Mm. Um, and so I think that's a, that, that's a way of saying, I, I haven't got anything specific, specifically in mind, but I know that I would be interested in and able to help groups of people who, who might have an idea or who have an idea explore that idea and help make it work okay got it so you and i would call that like you would uh, help grow cluster effect or network effect network effect clusters exactly i you know i you know you, you asked early on you know why do i like something i'm not too sure why but i really do enjoy and get value out of um helping make you know bigger things happen from you know you know joining dots well yeah i mean because i think a lot of people are, are too focused on something small and I think what I'm hearing you say is you can see dots that could and should connect but but don't know yeah look I think so I haven't thought about I haven't it, thought about it because it, people are too busy whatever, doing yeah. what they've got to do I, yeah. I am in this again this you know. but if you're back and forth and you're you know you're from Wynyard you're in Hobart you've been through the system you've seen mm. a lot you have a lot more information than like than people like I do not have Mm. Like literally, like mm. how do I connect a dot if I don't even know it exists? Exactly. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Right. And again, yeah. and how <laughs> do you do that? Beating the drum. Um, like what's an example? Like, are you introducing people to one another? I know that you're doing this this huge amount of work with the. Um, forgive me, I should know the organization name off the top. Oh, the Allergen Bureau. Yeah, you're talking. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, you're doing it in there, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Is that right? Yeah, look, it, it's it's time. It takes time and just... But you know, how do you do it? How do I do it? You're holding events. Yeah, holding events. We are 
providing information. You know, the, the Allergen Bureau is a, is a really interesting, for me, because it's worked, uh, example, um, something I got involved in when I was working at the university 15, no, 20 years ago. Oh. Uh, actually, when I was working at the, the Centre, no, the Food Safety Centre of Excellence um, at the university. Uh, it's, it's something that I set up. It wasn't my idea. Um, but because of where, because I was working and supported by the government working at the university, I had the time and resource and space to develop. And then I, I helped industry and government and academe again that come together. That is a confusing space. Yeah. Like that's what I said to Kim. And, you know, I think that like that is one of the most confusing places in the world to work. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Like you've got, like, I mean, seriously, getting in that space between government, private sector, um, academia, and uh, community, mm -hmm. that's a pretty risky space to... <laughs> Yeah, look, yes. I, I mean, for some people. No, and, right? and you're right. And but I, I think you like that space. Oh, yeah, I do, but yeah. what, what, you, what you said there about risky is right, and this is about clusters they are yeah, risky yeah, yeah. but i i was but supported I, by the government who, who gave money to the university who paid me yeah, to do that the government you, there was somebody it wasn't mm. like you know the government's not like a thing right mm. there's mm. somebody who's mm. going you know what tom i trust that you can do that yeah right but i'm guessing that you're in there because you believe that it's more risky to not do it well if, if we don't do it, it it'll be piecemeal small stuff that, that is not focused on you know, in, in our discussion Tasmania. Land. Yeah, this is the opposite mm. of the promised land, mm. right? This mm. is like you know the world you don't want to mm. live in, and you don't want your kids to live in, mm. right? This mm. is what you're trying to create. This is why you go the extra mile, mm. right? This is mm. why Kim's doing what she's doing, and you're doing what you're doing, and nothing's always perfect, right? Yeah, mm. oh no, and everybody makes mistakes, and yeah. you know. Uh, sometimes egos get bumped along the side, right? But if you can overlook those things, right? Mm -hmm. Because you know that there's a bigger picture involved, right? Yeah. Then, you know, it's like, okay, whatever. Mm. But this space, uh, like, I think this space is fascinating too, mm. right? But like, I'm, you know, I'm too new to go in there, mm. right? You know, people don't know who I am, they're like, what are you doing here? Da, 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 da. Mm. But I, there's not a lot of people first of all, even though it exists, and then secondly, want to go in there mm. and try to get these stakeholders to work together. Mm. Yeah. yeah, That's, I think, what you're doing, which Look, is really special. Yeah, it, it, it works for me. Um, you know, I've, I'm a jack of all trades. You know, I've worked at the university. I've got various bits of paper to my name. Um, well, just like a PhD. Yeah. <laughs> and, but, you know, again, it's, it's cultural, it's family. My, 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 my dad, owned a business yeah and so you know a little business in Wynyard oh. um, successful nice little business there yeah. uh, working with farmers in that world so you know I've yeah. been I've been my my experience was colored by that I've always had a leaning towards business private enterprise yeah. so even when I worked at the university I I wasn't an academic uh -huh. you know I leant towards industry so when you know I had the opportunity to to you know again, avail ourselves of some targeted government money to help set up the 
Food Safety Centre of Excellence there, which was a joint venture between CSIRO and TASUNI, mm-hmm. um, and then the opportunity of, of getting the industry involved. That's where I really enjoyed because I was I was employed by responsible to the university for this to help make this food safety centre work. Mm-hmm. But I had a real leaning to actually talk to and understand the industry folk, the private enterprise folk, as opposed to wanting to, to do the wonderful research, academic research, which so many university folk want to do. Right, yeah. Because yeah. if there's not the commercial pull of that research to consume it and convert it into revenue, mm. then that that journey is uh, shorter. In, in that world, in that food safety world, yeah. I'll say yes. You know, there's there's a lot of... You know, wonderful research that is done just for the sake of research, and you know, we we never know what's going to spin out of that. And it's again, that's another. Yeah, you know, we're not saying don't do it. No, it's just right? that's we're just not saying, my world. Yeah, exactly. Right. Mm. Uh, I think. So I think what what I'm what I'm saying and thinking is is asking in that podcast with uh, Kim and Chris. Did mm. you hear Chris talk about how, like, as a startup, uh, if he goes to Utah's and says, "Hey, I'm trying to." Uh, R&D, I would use the word invent this new sugar protein uh, fermentation thing. Mm-hmm. They're like, come back when you got 200 grand. Mm. That's what mm. I heard. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is that wrong? I mean, no, I, I it's think... It's like mature companies only. Yeah, look, I, th- I, th- I think so. I, ha- I think so. Um, That's got to change. Come yeah, on. look, it does, it does have to change. And it's something that, you know, I have... Work, you know, tried a couple of times with other people. To, Have you? Oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good for you. And look, and one example. Um, yeah, I'll, I will go there with this one because I think it's worth talking about. Um, just, I'm talking ten years ago now when I was really involved. You know, and had a, had a small and growing consulting company. Yeah. Um, there were there were three three other no, yeah three other consulting companies. It, you know, we overlapped. Um, so we competed in some areas, we didn't yeah. in others, yeah. but we, we were all Tasmanian based and we said, look, Tasmania's got this amazing potential around in, in the private, uh, sorry, the primary industry sector. Yeah. Um, but we're all too small to be doing some of these, you know, really big, interesting projects by ourselves. Yeah. Why don't we, you know, cause, and this all happens over a beer, you know, after a conference or something. Yeah. Okay. We said, let's go and talk to the uni. Right. Uh, let's go and talk to Ag Science yeah. because we all come from there. But somehow there's a disconnect between our companies, our businesses, and the researchers. So why can't we build some form of you know loose agreement collaboration? Um, so when an opportunity, or well, two things, when an opportunity arises that needs all of us, we're ready to go. Yeah. Or between us, we can actually like a pop up cluster. Yeah, a pop up exactly. Will, yep, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, it ended up not working because, uh, yeah, the Euro- university went too bureaucratic, and therefore we couldn't have. Was there a person there, or was that an organisation? I don't know. And, God, okay, yeah, fair yeah, enough. I don't know that's what, the what problem caused with it. information. Yeah, that's if right. You don't know, right? Yeah. Like, where do you go from there? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, universities, they have their own funding model and they have, they're responsible to their own masters. Yeah. But, you know, so I'm not. Look, I'm, I'm not blaming the. I'm not going to. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Okay, okay? do uh, that. Like, if you look at uh, Stanford and you look at Harvard and you look at Cambridge and you look at all these world class universities and and you can go to Melbourne and Sydney, they are going out on the entrepreneurial limb. Mm. 
and they're going actually it's it's more risky to not go out there mm. it's more risky to not work with startups and i'm not seeing that aggressive step here mm. right i'm seeing a, a monopoly operating on an island going kind of like with that government view which is um if we're not involved you can't do it and you can wait for us <laughs> no I'm is that wrong uh, look i'm going to say i don't know um what i'm going to say is that uh, again this is an unresearched personal view but yeah. I, I think universities um put way too much store in the value of the so-called intellectual property that they produce I've heard that, yeah. um and they their their current model funding model it appears to force them to try and get a com commercial return on intellectual property and i feel i consider i believe that um if universities could let go of that need yeah. and actually collaborate with people and actually give intellectual property to people to, to private enterprise and work and therefore work more closely with and not try and charge for it then there'd be some wonderful things coming you know wonderful innovation steps coming out yeah that's true i that's my understanding i think what what i hear is that 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 type of thinking is trying to centralize control over IP. Mm -hmm. And what you're suggesting is that they decentralize that control. Mm. And make it more available. Yes, you can license it to someone, but don't try and sell it to someone. Right. Um, don't, don't aim for uh, a, a massive re you know, return on some IP that hasn't been tested yet. Right. That's like the opposite of the cluster model. In my thinking, yes. That's my understanding, mm. too. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Mm. And, be involved, be part of it. Right. There will be returns but coming. But take more risk mm. but with your IP. I, I would love them to be able, universities to be able to do that. I am not sure of the reasons why they can't. And I part of it... Fear. Yeah, but it's also their, their funding model. You know, how, how universities actually get funded by the federal government. You know, they, they are expected to do, they are told to do certain things. And, you know, you must have, you know, you'll get money from undergrad students, you'll get money from research higher degrees, you'll get money if you get grants. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it may well be that they are constrained in what they can, how they can treat their intellectual property. But if that's the case, I feel that that should change. Yeah, I'm with you there. I mean, if we, it's come up on noon, if you and I start talking about UTAS, you know, in terms of the funding model, which was one oh. of the big reasons that they were trying to move into the city, mm. um, we're going to be here for a long time. Yeah, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's not just UTAS. Let's not pick no, on no, that. No, no, no. I, yeah. I, I think that we do need to talk about this stuff symptomatically. Yeah, yeah. And like, if I were in their shoes, I'd be doing the same thing. Root cause analysis. Right, yeah. yeah. And I think it's more about understanding kind of the the reason why somebody's thinking that way, mm. right? Mm. Or acting that way. And, act, yeah. and acting that way, yeah, yeah. agreed, yeah. Um, so that we can then be empathetic about how we can explain to them 
if we are in their shoes, why actually that might not be the best thing when it comes to like a cluster mm. and that there are exponential opportunities out there. Yeah. Whereas if you did like a little thing, your returns might be like a big thing. Mm. Mm. But if you don't put in like a little thing, then the whole thing doesn't work. Doesn't work at all. Mm. Like the you can't make the the pie or the soup without that ingredient, mm. and that stakeholder is the only one that has it. Mm. Mm. Absolutely, which is again why we need private enterprise, government, and academia. Yeah, all contributing to the pie. Yeah. So I so I see you there as a pie uh, maker. Yeah. In, in a really healthy way. Mm. Yeah which I know is not easy. So thanks for your work in terms of helping me understand, you know, the pie and what other pies I might be able to kind of um, both add value, feed off, bake and make and things like that. Yeah, yeah cool. Yeah. yeah, good fun. So um, thank you. I think uh, uh, I, I know we talked about noon as a as a cutoff point and I think we might as well kind of aim for that. Yeah. Um, I would very much like to think that uh, that this is the beginning of a conversation. Yeah, as like, I'd love to have you come back absolutely. on. Absolutely, yeah. Because this journey, I think, is confusing, mm. uh, and I think it's really important, uh, you know, to to be able to talk about it and hear what other people think about yeah. it. And, yeah. You know, forgive oh, me I'm, if I said anything wrong. No, I you know, and be challenged. I'm take some risks. Yeah, and right? be challenged because yeah. I've got my ideas and my yeah. perceptions, and you know, yeah. they're not all right. Surprise, surprise. Yeah. And if we're not talking about what the story of the future should look like, and we're not sharing that information as kind of a debate back mm. and forth, then it'll be more confusing for people to understand uh, if and how it can work. Mm. Right? Or why it's not. Yeah, there you go. Why it's not. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what do you want to leave people with um, before we go? I want to give you the last word. What, mm. what do you want people to 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 think or do um, once they've heard what you've said because we talked about like maybe how somebody listening would be like you know I think that um, uh, what Tom said there makes a lot of sense to me and uh, and I want to move that that forward might not have the solution but I want to be involved in the, the new pie creation mm. yeah mm. Uh, the new solution the new the new definition of what the problem is, mm. right? Like, how do we define yeah. the problem in a different new way so that so that people are more likely to work on it? Yep. What do you want to leave people with that um, might be riding their car between Bernie and Lonnie or Lonnie and Hobart? I think that, uh, and that's a challenging suggestion, but people take a bit of time and again in in any of those triple helixes or oh, sorry strands of the triple helix think about who they might be able to truly collaborate with and what that might mean hmm. um, because I am convinced that The, you know, the promised land is, is going to be built on targeted, sensible, pragmatic collaboration. Mm -hmm. We can't do it ourselves. 
Um, you know, each, each individual group cannot do it themselves. Um, and really consider if the stuff that you want to hold close, by holding it close, you're not diminishing, reducing your opportunities. Yeah, that's, I love that. That's great. Yeah. You're holding your most valuable asset so close that it's not creating the value for you that it could. Yeah. Yeah. Again, you know, the, the, the old analogy of, you know, do you want a bigger slice or do you want a bigger pie? Right. Um, I think the, the opportunities for, for, you know, Tasmanian enterprise to, to grow different, you know, first of all, invent new pies, but then grow them. Yeah. Um, that is only going to happen through, you know, real, true collaboration. And that's, that's risky um, and it's scary because you've got companies have to be vulnerable and say, I don't know and I need help. Yeah, that's really valuable and really helpful for me to hear personally. Your understanding about that because that, that, uh, that describes my understanding too. And, uh, and I think that your work as a mentor to talk to people on their hero's journey and mm. explain to them why it's riskier for them to hold on to that than to um, reveal it more carefully in certain safe space situations to people that they trust. Yeah. That's what we're... Yeah, that's exactly what we're talking that's about. That's great. Yeah. I think that that's really meaningful. So thank you for that. No. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Okay, well, thanks very much for coming on and uh, I'll wish you a happy day and uh, we'll um, uh, talk along the way. Indeed, my pleasure. It's been okay. good fun. Thank you very much. Thanks, Adam. Yeah, Cheers. Yeah. Well, Mary said it. The legend, Dr. Tom Lewis, uh, letting us know what he thinks about the past, present and future opportunities in the Tasmanian food system and how important it is that we work together and find innovative ways to collaborate more than we do not collaborate. And I really appreciate you, Tom, talking with me about this. Uh, there was there was something very funny that we finished up with on our podcast that I wrote down and I can't find that note. So I apologize. I think uh, my collaboration skills certainly need improvement. And I appreciate your coaching along the way. And I'm looking forward to learning more about how we can do that together so that we can build a better, brighter future together in Tasmania. Thanks so very much for listening and look forward to hear what you think about this.